Yes sir, ladies and gentlemen, we're uh, back with another Tale of the Fall. You're going to have a lot of these. A glorious storytelling time of year, in my opinion. September is drawing to a close, and so we must be ready for Halloween and the demons and ghouls to come out. This story will tell a tale of a simple man, once human and happy, now fallen and forced to battle to save his own life. This is not doom, okay? This, ladies and gentlemen, is the tale of the Sin Hunter. All right, now I say order! The judge's gavel slammed down on the table, and the room grew quiet. It was a brilliantly cool fall evening, with leaves falling off the trees. And of course, the world's best detective on trial for murder and robbery of $1.25 million. You know, as you do. The courtroom was packed with not only people, but also photographers, news reporters, and everything else in between. After all, this was the world's best detective on trial. A lot of people wanted to get the story early. Everyone had grown deathly silent for fear that the judge would throw them out. All that is, save for one person, the main suspect, Jack, who had his hand raised. The judge sighed. Masterson? Jack sat forward, fingers crossed. Yeah, I'll take a cheeseburger, quarter pound with some fries and a chocolate shake, and the judge sighed. <sighs> Masterson, do you want to survive? Jack sat back again, grinning from ear to ear. His lawyer, Henry, leaned over. You're not making this any easier, Jack. Jack sighed, rolled his eyes, then leaned over and whispered. I know. I didn't do squat, and these people don't know that, and the police have hated me forever. Heck, they want me dead, if anything. Henry, at a loss, sat back again and prepared to answer the judge's questions. Jack, however, continued to stare all around the room. He was a detective, and he always caught the right person within the day. But something felt off this time. Jack scanned the room, keeping his spiked black hair parted to see. He spotted a few key items and suspects, but none of them seemed to fit the bill. Jack then turned to the police chief. He was smiling, faintly, but smiling, at the thought of having Jack killed. Perfect, he thought. The police really do want me dead. Well, that's gonna be fun. Jack waited for what seemed like hours, until finally, after one more question, the judge had come to a decision. Ladies and gentlemen, the judge said, my conclusion has been final. Jack Masterson is, in fact, everyone leaned forward to hear, guilty. Jack threw his hands in the air and sighed. <sighs> well, we lost. Ah, this is terrible. And Henry thumped his head on the table. Henry, don't beat yourself up. It was to be expected in the first place. The police stood up and they walked over to Jack, cracking their knuckles. Let's go, buddy boy. We got an execution tool. Jack stood up and tipped his hat. Alright, fellas, do what you must. Jack held out his hands, and they coughed them up and started dragging him out the door. Hey, tell the wife I said hi, Jack yelled over the crowd as the door shut and Henry slammed his head on the wood table. Thousands of reporters and flashlights all came on and snapped and clicked everywhere as Jack was dragged towards a police car. Everyone was screaming his name and trying to get photos, but Jack only said it one thing. Nothing. He figured that everybody was always looking for some kind of reaction, and nobody really wanted it to see anything. So, Jack just decided to keep his mouth shut. It was better that way. 
A couple of minutes later, Jack sat down in the darkened room, and the police walked in with a pistol. The chief walked forward with a gun loaded. I never did trust you, Jack. Sure, you helped us a couple of times, but that wasn't enough. It's time for you to pay for your actions. Jack closed his eyes. Chief, I'm only going to tell you this once. You got the wrong guy. I have 20-plus witnesses who can prove I wasn't at that bloodbath. Chief laughed and then loaded the gun. You mean the witnesses we marked as insane? Jack grimaced but took off his fedora. If you're going to kill me, I might as well ask you to do it with honor. Suddenly, an officer kicked through the door, startling the chief. Boss! Jack's innocent! We got the wall! The officer stopped, seeing the hole in Jack's head and the fallen fedora in a puddle of blood. Guy. The chief looked down, realizing he had killed an innocent and amazing detective. Ah, crap. They both stood for a second before exiting the room and taking off their gloves. The chief cornered the officer and snarled. We take this to our graves. Got it? The officer nodded. Yes, sir. The chief grinned. Good. Go burn those files, and let's go get some coffee and donuts. I'm starving. The officer, quite shaken up, followed closely behind. Jack slowly blinked his eyes and then shielded them from the gold-orange sky and large mountains far off in the distance. He sat up, surrounded on all sides by corn and hay fields. Jack then grabbed his fedora, dusted it off, and looked into the brim. He grinned, but then stopped when he saw something strange in his reflection. His spiky black hair was still present but his skin was white with a red circle around one eye and golden pupils. Jack put his hat back on, and instantly the hat cloaked his face, turning everything black save only for his eyes and mouth. Jack got to his feet slowly and looked all around. He was on, at least he hoped, some kind of farm, but after getting a sense of his surroundings, he realized he wasn't in Chicago anymore. He was sitting in a cornfield, all right, but those mountains he had seen were volcanoes spewing hot lava and magma from their tips and the sun was actually a giant fireball from one of the volcanoes jack slowly took this all in then started walking towards the first sign of civilization a roadway through the crops jack started his walk feeling a chill run down his spine this was not the world he once knew and loved and he felt alone but jack was dedicated to getting out of wherever he was and so he finally came to a farmhouse, settled in the sea of grain and corn. He walked up to the door, slowly but cautiously, and knocked three times. Three was common courtesy, after all. But the person who came to the door was much, much smaller than Jack. He was average size, with red skin, bushy eyebrows, and a large 12-gauge on his shoulder. Eh, who are you? Jack tipped his hat. Pardon me, sir. My name's Jack, and I've come a long way to the... Jack leaned as far back as he could without leaving the porch to glimpse the sign. The rough and tumbleweed ranch? Did I say that right? The man roared with laughter and welcomed him in. So, Jack, that's a mighty fine name, and not a common one around these parts. Jack grinned, then sat down. So, where exactly am I? The man laughed and grabbed Jack a cup of water. Why, you're in hell, sonny boy. One of the seven rings, too. Jack's eyes went as big as snowballs. Hell. The word rang through his head like a drum that wouldn't stop pounding. He had died after all. But why was he in hell? He was innocent. He had no reason to go down here. But wait. I was guilty until proven innocent, 
Jack thought. That has to be the reason for my death. Jack sat back in shock, and then sat forward again. The small man laughed. New here in wrath, huh? Jack nodded. Yeah. Hey, you said something about rings. Where are they? The man sighed and sat down in his seat. Before I go any further, I think it's best I tell you my name. The man leaned forward and shook, his, and shook hands with Jack. Name's Joe. Nice to meet you, Joe. The two talked for quite some time, sharing stories and long adventures into the night. Finally, stars began to twinkle above in the sky, and Jack yawned, putting on his hat again. Well, I hate to keep you waiting, Joe, but I think it's time that I get out of here. I've got a, ske a schedule. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. And it, Joe handed Jack a saddle. But let me ask you, where exactly you plan on going? And Jack grinned. Tell me, which of these rings has a city in it? Joe laughed. Well, I believe it or not, I actually know just the place for you. It's a little crowded, but I think you'll fit in just fine over there. Joe grabbed a bottle of water and strapped it up to one of the horses in his stable. See, there's this real big place called the Pride Ring. The outermost ring of hell. It's a real big place. And let me tell you, it's not the friendliest either. I got a daughter and a son-in-law who live there. Son-in-law? <laughs> I could care less about him. But I guarantee you, if you run into them, tell, tell my daughter that I said hi. Okay. And Jack tipped his hat and put on his trench coat, which was now brown and coal black. He climbed onto the fiery steed, strapped on the saddle, and grabbed the water bottle, tying it to his belt. Hey, thanks for all the help, Joe. <laughs> and Joe grinned. Not a problem, Jack. Not a problem. Jack hitched up the horse, and it roared through the night and then set off towards the town. Jack sprinted back through the sea of grain and corn, this time everything becoming a blur of sorts. Jack couldn't tell where he was going or even when he'd get to the pride ring. But he knew that one way or another, he got the feeling he was going to learn a lot more here than he was ever going to learn up above. A three-day trip brought Jack to the pride ring, a gigantic city filled with people. Jack looked all around, strange and confused. It was odd seeing so many people all around him. Some of which were other people. Dead sinners, Jack thought. Well, that's strange. Why are there so many dead sinners in the Pride Ring? I would have expected there to be more closer to the end of the rings. Jack strode around town when all of a sudden, a tiny drop hit the pavement, slowly melting away part of the concrete. Everyone was screaming and running around, trying to get out of the way. Jack actually bumped into somebody who ended up running away. Hey, what's going on? And the figure turned around slowly and then saw Jack. Haven't you heard? It's acid rain. You gotta get under cover before something happens to you. <sighs> acid rain. Jack continued walking, and it slowly but surely the acid rain began to pour down. Jack pulled his trench coat closer over to him, but oddly enough, he wasn't burning up. It must have been his hat. Wait, and Jack looked. My reflection. A 
this thing's got a reflection. It has to be some sort of metal or steel lined. <laughs> wow. And Jack looked up at the sky, revealing a bright star-shaped sky. <sighs> I'm a long way from Chicago, and that's about all I know. Jack kept on walking, seeking refuge in a nearby building. He exited he entered through an exit, and then it looked up the many flights of stairs. Whew. Well, at least I got out of the rain. That's good enough for me. Jack took up one of his uh, famous gloves and then dusted some of the acid off. Thankfully, his gloves managed to protect his fingers from the acid. It stung a little bit, but at least it didn't burn his skin off. Jack then put his hat back on, cloaking his face as he walked the hallways. There were a couple of very crudely drawn posters that looked like they'd been drawn by a five-year-old, and some of which contained very explicit detailing of things that I cannot print in this story. I'm going to leave that up to you to decide why. Jack continued walking, snagging a piece of paper off of one of the walls. He also grabbed a pen from a nearby cup and sat down next to a water cooler, scribbling down something on the paper. Well, he thought, I may be dead, but at least I'm dead with a job. I'll see what I can do, and hopefully somebody in this building's willing to give me one. Jack continued to scribble it down on the pieces of paper, until finally, he was pleased with what he had done. He signed his name, and then walked in to the first doorway that he found. But little did he realize... He walked right past the door, the door with the building labeled IMP. Before we go any further, I should probably mention what Jack's getting himself into. The IMP are known as the Immediate Murder Professionals, a group of assassins in hell who do their fair share to earn money. It's not easy money. And many people with weak stomachs don't exactly get into it. But, it's easy and honest living in hell. Jack pushed through the door into a dark room, partly filled with smoke and the blinds drawn, revealing only a few cracks of light into the spilled dark room. Jack looked all around, and then finally saw one of the chairs seated behind a desk. On, on the desk was a small, gold-lined label named so-and-so, manager of IMP. Jack couldn't make out any more as somebody had scribbled the word so-and-so over the label. But Jack rapped on the desk three times. Again, three times, common courtesy. The figure spun around. Once again, this person was smaller than Jack, naturally. Jack stood up and then tipped his hat. Pardon me, stranger, but I was wondering if I could, uh, invest for a job. Jack slid the piece of paper across the table to the figure, who went over it easily. His red, striped, black and white, spiked tail swished back and forth, and his eyes were narrow as he read through the script. His horns were striped black and white as well, and he wore a sharp black and gold business suit with spiked fingers. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh, that's kind of cool. Hmm. The figure once again set down the piece of paper and handed Jack a pen. Well, I'd be happy to call you a member of this family. 
My name is Blitz, the always silent. And as you can probably read... Oh, God. And Blitz knocked the label into a trash can at the side of his desk. Who the frig keeps messing up my labels? He didn't actually say frig, but again, this is PG. <sighs> Sorry about that. And it Blitz held his hands up. So, you got a name, or am I just going to call you Smokey Detective Boy? <laughs> Jack signed the paper handed to him. I do have a name. It's Jack. Jack Masterson. Masterson, huh? That's a weird name. I feel like I've known somebody like you before. And it Blitz took up the piece of paper, and then it slipped to another side of the desk. Well, I've gone over your report. Everything seems to be pretty good. And honestly, I can't wait to get started with you. Jack shook hands with a small imp, and then laughed. Believe me, Blitz, I intend to make your work ecstatic. And that's all for this podcast episode. Again, a uh, couple of things before we get started. Or, uh, <laughs> sorry, not before we get started, before we leave. First of all, uh, thank you to Vizipop for this amazing story. Um, I can't quite remember if I've already told this one or not. If I have, please don't judge me. But I decided to make this story because it's Halloween. They just released a whole bunch of merch a couple of days ago, which is currently being shipped over. Uh, secondly, again, do not hesitate to reach out to me at osparks at hay.com. And with that said, yeah, have a good rest of your day. <laughs>